Do you ever wonder what would happen if, well, if... If you give a dad a podcast. I'm what you call a nerdy fan. I nerd out at this stuff. Hardcore. You'll hear me talk about anime on here. You'll hear me talk about Power Rangers. You'll hear me talk about wrestling on here. Okay. I had an axe handle with a twisted T on me. <laughs> right after that <laughs> twisted T video went viral. And man, they went out and grabbed it and smacked the dude in the head with it. It was so... That's great. I'd like to thank this podcast as a nostalgia moment for me. It's a show where I can talk about whatever I want. I'm a, I'm a human and animal chiropractor. There was a picture of me. It looked like I was on the side of a ramen box over in China. But... <laughs> so I took my kids with me to Comic-Con. I thought that was really cool. I don't know how I should listen to this podcast. We'll cut that part out. <laughs> you know, you be like, and then Robert said this. <laughs> if you give a dad a podcast, available now on all podcasting platforms. Did you ever wonder what could have been with the AWA had things gone differently? Had their fortunes gone differently? Had certain wrestlers not left and perhaps more money would have been at the disposal of the Ganyas? Well, wonder no further. You can go to Brad Drake's YouTube channel and experience the 1987 Supermod for yourself. As Brad Drake starts off in May 1987, along with Greg Ganya, Baron Von Rotschke, Vern Ganya himself, Nick Bockwinkel, Larry Zabisco, Kurt Hennig, and a slew of others as he plays and saves the AWA. Hello, everyone. This is Brian Ferguson, the host of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I want to tell you about a new podcast out called Fouls Count Anywhere. It is a classic pro wrestling podcast that brings you the legends of wrestling with true wrestling fans Chris DiCarlo and Charlie Turner. They bring on guests that are legends in this business, as well as wrestlers of today, promoters, referees, you name it. They have them on there, folks. And I encourage you to listen to them. If you're on YouTube, watch them. They drop every Saturday. They have their podcast. They drop it in the afternoon. So look forward to that podcast coming out. Falls Count Anywhere podcast with Chris DiCarlo and Charlie Turner. Folks, you will not be disappointed. I guarantee it. And enjoy the podcast. Hey everyone, this is Brian Ferguson, the host of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. We are on here today because of you, viewers and watchers like you. In order to continue the podcast, we need to monetize our YouTube channel so we can get guests on that require financial compensation. That's where viewers like you come in. If you subscribe today, we can get that number up to 1,000. And as an incentive, the 1,000 subscriber will receive a free t-shirt just like this and receive a book from the legendary George Shire on his Minnesota golden age of wrestling from Vern Ganyu to the Road Warriors, signed by George Shire himself. So please get on there, tell your friends to subscribe today and when you hit that 1000 mark, you're going to get a t-shirt like this. I'm going to reach out to you. You're going to be coming on the show as a guest and receive that book, The Minnesota's Golden Age of Wrestling, from Vern Gagne of the Road Warriors, signed by George Shire. So get on there today, subscribe, and please enjoy the podcast. 
Thank you for joining another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm Brian Ferguson. My guest today is known as the hardest working man in professional wrestling. There he is. Case in point, man. <laughs> what space? happened to me? Went live. The phone starts blowing up. The It was just, and I was like, yeah, man, I had like 10 minutes of downtime planned today to get ready for this. And then phone started rolling. Yeah. emails and i've still got like i went to hit the little thing on the phone to silence it and it's just like bloop, bloop, instagram bloop, and i'm like what's going on man why did they wait till it's like there's a sensory that goes off in people's heads like you know i bet jason's busy right now let's give him a call let's do it i'm but, never too busy for you though how about that I, I know you're not we always talk when we're at your shows so i appreciate it ladies and gentlemen space cowboy jason jones Promoter, wrestler, announcer, God. model. I mean, let's let's keep going. <laughs> you know, janitor, <laughs> uh, whatever else that has to be done, man. That's that's kind of how I got that nickname. Was just like, man, Jones will do it. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I will. So, yeah, man. I appreciate you coming on tonight. I know you're busy. You got some things coming up. We'll talk about in a few minutes, but. We tried to do this for a long time, haven't yeah. we? Like, yeah, we have. And like, you're a busy man. And God bless you. You're you're you are probably the hardest working man in professional wrestling because gotta make a living, baby. You gotta make a living. Yeah. So I got bills. I got bills. I got child support. I got you know yeah. ex wives. I got all kinds of money that I got to spend. So it's just break even at that point. <laughs> Kudos to you on your shirt. I love that shirt, man. Yes, I just got this at your last event uh, a little over a week ago, and I see the poster in the background. Posters too, man. in the back from. Did uh, you see my new? Did you see my new LJN they made for me? Where would he go? Uh, He's back here somewhere. I Hold see on, him I gotta, right behind you there. Yeah, I see him. Yep, there they, he is. They did a hell of a job. Sim Bodie did this for me. That is good. Look at that babbler. If you can see that, folks, that is amazing. Look at the, look at the boots. Yeah. <laughs> I have the old one back here in the corner. I don't know if you can see it right there. You can barely, barely see it. That's the one you had last year I bought for you. Oh, the action figure that, Ni that Niles had made. Yeah, those yep. are awesome. Yep, yep, yep. If I can get him back there, though. Uh, no problem. All right, hey, Jason, let's talk a little bit, if we could. Uh, growing up, tell us how you, uh, where you grew up, kind of your family, and, and, and kind of transitioning after schooling, getting into the business. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't really care for wrestling. When I was younger, um, my dad had his own business and he worked. You know, when you own your own business, you're always working. It's mm -hmm. not Monday through Friday, cut it off. It's Saturdays, Sundays. And he, you know, he uh, owned a muffler shop and it was a mechanic and my grandfather was too. So they were always, you know, helping people out. Somebody break down from out of town, help them out. And like, I would being a kid, all you want to do with your, you know, your dad when he's worked all week is hang out with him, play, go outside, ride a four wheeler, do this, do that. And um, I would look forward to seeing him all week. And Saturdays when he got home, he would get home like five minutes before five o'clock. And there was a reasoning for that. At 505, it was turned on WTBS. Yes. So I know, I know Yankees say 6.05, but in the South, it was 5.05, man. Came on at 5.05. Yep. He was home to watch Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair and, you know, that that Crockett, that J, JCP. And 
so all I wanted to do, I was like, man, my dad's going to be busy for two hours now. You know, this is coming from like a four and a five-year-old, you know, I'm like, <laughs> so I just remembered like, my mom was like, Hey, he'll go outside and play with you. Just let him watch his wrestling. My dad didn't do sports. He didn't do football. He didn't do baseball. Yeah. You know, bless his soul. He took me to baseball games and all that stuff. But the one thing that he enjoyed was wrestling in the afternoon or, you know, mm -hmm. Saturday afternoons. And, uh, he loved watching the crowd, like interact with the, with everything. Yeah. So my mom was like, Hey, it'll be over in like an hour. I'll tell you what, why don't you just go up there, jump up on his lap and sit and watch this with him. It'll be over in no time. And I started watching him and even like being a kid, I could see how like the crowd was reaction reacting to certain wrestlers and like, yeah. And then he was like, hey, you see that guy? He's he's like the bad guy. That's Ric Flair. He's like the bad guy. This guy's the good guy, you know? And I was like, oh, I got it, you know? And then I was like, even then, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, maybe there's a little bit of work to this. Maybe that guy doesn't like, you know, bite the head off chickens in real life. Maybe he's <laughs> it's just to get a reaction. So that became like our father-son thing. So that was kind of like, you know, our bonding time for – um you know say you know and then on sunday you know you had it an hour on sunday afternoons we would watch it and then of course about that time was the early 80s when hulkamania came about and i remember watching it we would get the von erics uh we used to have a satellite dish before it's time when the satellite dish was like the size of like a yeah. minivan yeah. and it would go you know in turn and i remember uh i got to stay up late on saturday nights because of, i think it was like 11 p.m world-class came on uh, and he would dial that satellite that would take it like five minutes to turn and he would pick <laughs> up he would pick up world-class so i would get to stay up late and watch that and that was like our bonding time and he was like hey do you want to go to a live match and i was like eh, yeah i do mm -hmm. so i think i think like really the first live event i went to was like i got it was world-class in like fort smith arkansas and i got a chance to see brody and uh, Abdullah in a in a brass knuckles match, and of wow. course Carrie, Carrie, and at the Dingo Warrior at the time, and then we started going quite regularly. So I know it's a long winded story, but that was like our father son bonding time. And my my dad didn't take off for anything, you know, like he'd work half a day on Thanksgiving or whatever, you know. Oh, he wow. was always, uh, but about twice a year when the NWA would come to Little Rock or the WWF would come to Memphis, or he would check me out of school. And he would take off work and we would drive and that would be our, you know, we'd go eat, we'd go eat somewhere. We'd go watch wrestling. He'd have me back and I'd be at school the next morning, you know, rocking my Hulk Hogan shirt that I got. And whatever. <laughs> so it became a father-son bonding time that we did that throughout the years, you know, and it's wow. just, uh, I think that's why it always held such like a special place in my heart. And yeah. I started really watching at the live events. I started watching the crowd because that's what my dad liked to do. He liked to get seats up just a little bit and watch the crowd react to when certain wrestlers did things. Yeah. That's what entertained me more than the athleticism yeah. and the, the corny characters. Like I could look at, you know, you see things come through and you're like, that's corny, you know, like WWF, you know, we watched it, you know, yeah. for Hulk and what it was, but you know, when they started having all the cartoon characters, it was like, <laughs> NWA was our thing. The yeah. NWA CW was what I grew up on. Yeah. And then like, oh, on Sunday we can watch, you know, Hulk Hogan and like whatever the hell else this guy's. The guy's a plumber. This guy's a <laughs> a clown or whatever the hell it was. But yeah, that's it. But wow. it's just a special place. Yeah. You know, special place in my heart. And it's probably why I have such a fondness for it now. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, I grew up uh, up north more, but I had uh, the AWA. 
up there in Minneapolis area. I mean, I'm from Wisconsin originally. So I, and I got, but I got some TBS 505 like you. Yeah. And, uh, great times. I remember it very well. So graduated high school. Uh, did you go to college for a while or did you just, I did go to, I did go to college and instead of like, I went to go get my schedule laid out, you know, and I was like, the regular stuff that I was already bored and over with, you know, yeah. it was English and, you know, your geometry and all of that stuff, the college credits. And I was like, I don't want any of this stuff. At the yeah, time I'd already started like getting my foot in the door to wrestling. And I thought that I just wanted to be a radio DJ. Like as soon as I graduated, got an apprenticeship, started doing the radio DJ thing and it's all fine and dandy. And that was kind of my platform of getting into wrestling was, oh, this yeah. local promoter came down, like, you should meet JC. He's a big wrestling fan. I think he's trying to break in, blah, 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 blah. Hey, do you want to be a guest ring announcer? So I was already like, hey, maybe I should go try this wrestling thing for a while. But I did take um, – I only wanted to take courses that I was interested in. Yeah. So <laughs> when everybody else was like, oh, we're just going, I was like, why do we go to school for 13 years just to go to school for another set? You yeah. know, I say third was kindergarten and whatever yeah, kindergarten, else. Yeah. I'm like, I've not that I failed or anything. Right. <laughs> I was just, here's my thing. Like speech and stuff like that in school did amazing with yeah. loved history, loved stuff like that. When it came to what I thought were just mindless subjects, I would never use. Mm -hmm. And you had to do, I did all right on tests because I would wait till the last minute, make flashcards study you know do all that stuff with it you know i can remember like my stepdad like doing flashcards with me up until like two yeah. in the morning because i hated doing homework i just thought it was busy work yeah sorry these notifications popping up on my phone That's i just right. thought homework was busy work so i hated the actual sitting down and doing that so i would just like take zeros and all the homework but then i would ace the test so guess what that happens you're a C average student for the rest. So I like, I'm, a, I'm like a one B, you know, of course, like Jim, I would get an A in and then be like the class that you would do okay in, you'd get like a B or an A in like speech or something. Then it would yeah. be like C, 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 you know, I was like, I wasn't going to wear any cords at my graduation for any, because I, I think my senior year, I had three classes. I had Ingrid, I had English, I had an agricultural class, which was, we watched the prices right. And like a study hall. And then I was gone, you know, so yeah. it's like, Tech, you okay? That's Tech, the Wonder Bulldog. He's, uh, he's uh, eating Thanksgiving leftovers because we had our Thanksgiving yesterday. So uh, he's got a big ham bone he's, he's gnawing on over awesome, there. Awesome, awesome. But uh, I did, so when I went into college, I was already still, like, my foot was, I was going into wrestling. So, yeah. but that was always on the weekends. I took the classes that I wanted to took. I took uh, small business management. I took advertising. And I took like human resource management and a couple other business classes right. that should have been electives that I should have maybe spaced out. But I was like, I would just do them all this first year. And then, <laughs> then if I decide I want to go to college, I'll get all the boring crap done later. So yeah, that's what I did. Okay. Well, interesting. Um, from what I've read about you, you started wrestling 25 years ago, hence the t-shirt. Where did you start? Uh, who trained you? And uh, let's kind of go from there. So let's start out where you where you got trained at and, and where your sure. promotions go. So. When I was a senior in high school, there was a guy that I knew, and he was – I don't know if he was from my area, 
but I went to a small independent show. I think it was like a Burt Prentice, like Ozark Mountain Wrestling or something. And okay. I knew him uh, just briefly, but I guess, I don't know if we had like mutual friends or something like that, but he was not too much older than me, like five years older. And he was like, hey man, have you thought about, you know, wrestling? I know you're a big fan. And I was like, yeah, man, I, I'd really like to. So he started kind of like, hey man, when we come back, do you want to help? And this is like, I think I'm a junior in high school, maybe. And he's like, if you want to like really help and help us, you know, why don't you show up, play the music? And so like, I can remember back in the day, I've told this story a hundred times, but everybody loves it. Like back in the day, people don't realize this, but the wrestlers would show up and they would bring you a cassette tape and that cassette tape would be wound to the right spot. You would put that music in. It's usually welcome to the jungle or LaGrange because everybody had that music back in the day. You would hit play. And I was, this is how much I was smartened up. They would say, okay, this match, it, not who was going over, not anything. This person's going to come out first. They're going to wrestle this person. So when this person comes out, play their tape. And it would say like, you know, Dr. X or whatever, because there's a hundred assassins, Dr. X is Mr. Wrestling 18, whatever the hell they are. <laughs> they would say, my music is, you know, it would be the Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction tape track number four, and they would write it on there with like a piece of athletic tape. <laughs> you would put that in a tape player, play it, pray it was on the right side, play it, and I, I swear, hand of God, first one I had, I had to take a microphone and hold the microphone to the tape player <laughs> it was, as it was playing the, the song. Then when you got done, when that person, I was told, let them go in. They're probably going to walk around the ring to a minute. They're going to flex. They're going to do this. They're going to look at the, go to all four corners, whatever. Then turn the volume down, eject the tape, pop the next one in, you know, and play that guy and then do the same thing. But what you had to do is set the tapes there because you didn't know who was going to win because they wouldn't smarten me up because I'm a 17-year-old kid, right? Yeah. So then I would be like, oh, you know, uh, the assassin number nine, like, went over. So you'd have to grab their tape real quick, throw it in there, turn the microphone on, hold the <laughs> microphone to the tape player, play it for another minute until they exited. You get the next match started the same way. But then when the match was going, you'd have to make sure the microphones turned off. Take those cassette tapes from the previous match, put them in there, and rewind them oh. to try to get it back to that same spot so they could use them the next time they did it. Oh, gosh. And that's what I did to, like, just start in. And, like, I, I mean, I helped them sell programs. I popped popcorn. I set up chairs, tore down the ring. Yeah. We didn't have a lot of promotions that came around. So when they came around twice a year, and then I would go, like, oh, hey, we're going to do a show in, like, southern Kansas. I would drive up there. So the way I got broke in was when I kind of started radio, um, one of the promoters stopped coming. Another one came in. They were like, hey, do you want a ring announce? And I'm like, I can do that. You know, I was already working on <laughs> Yeah. Shocking. Being a radio DJ was what I thought I wanted to do until I saw what you make. And it's just <laughs> not even minimum wage, Harley. You know, not, <laughs> not, not anything against disc jockeys because they need those. But, you know, radio's... Yeah it was 20 years ago 30 years ago even you know whatever uh so i started ring announcing and there was a promoter he his name was ron fortune and i think i'm 18 years old and he starts setting up all these towns in missouri and kansas oklahoma arkansas and he's bringing in like jake roberts and greg valentine and you know a few yeah. a few guys i grew up watching so i'm like oh this isn't just indie guys this is like the real guy so what I would do is get there early, help them set up the ring, and then he would have the guys, hey, he wants to learn how to wrestle, 
they would just beat, pardon my language, beat the shit out of me. You know, like everybody's like, oh, I learned to fall and I learned to bump on a crash pad and do this and do that. And I'm like, no, you know, they had a guy run at me and give me a clothesline. He's like, and just tuck your chin. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, and I think he did that. And then like, you know, you, you got there early enough to try to get for them to kick, you know, kick your ass for 30 minutes in the ring. Then I would go to the back, get cleaned up, put my little suit on, come out and do my ring announcing. <laughs> I was lucky, maybe after the crowd thinned out, I'd get five minutes in the ring where they do it again, yeah. tear the ring down, drive home, go work my, you know, my weekend job I had and then go back to school on Monday. Um, so it was at the time when I'd say when everybody's like, I broke in, I trained with this person. It was literally whatever worker they threw in the ring just to kick my ass that weekend. <laughs> and then... <laughs> As I get older, you know, as I get older, I can remember driving to like, okay, like Oklahoma City, because no one around us, there wasn't, there wasn't anybody that trained wrestling, you know, you had to go right. see the Samoans, or you had to go to Florida, to, you know, was it Adrian, you know, Adrian Street, and all those guys But that, you just saw those ads in, in magazines. But yeah. Even back then, when you had a guy, it's not like he had a ring and had a school, it was like, show up to the building. Show up to the building at noon, help us set up a ring, and then we'll just stretch you for a little bit. And that's literally how it was. And they just yeah. wanted to see how tough you were to see if you would come back. Mm -hmm. And so I got ribbed hard, even being, you know, being an 18-year-old kid, but being in being a ring announcer and being green in that. But then I don't know if, you know, that when you when it starts clicking for you and they say, Oh, well, maybe, you know, and I'd played football, I'd played basketball, it was always pretty athletic for a big kid, mm -hmm. but when they saw you coming back, that's where kind of a smaller respect starts to grow. And they're like, Oh, this just isn't a passing fad with him. This is yeah. something maybe he wants to do. Yeah. And the promoter started using me of course for like, when he realized it was like, Hey, if you're going to be a ring announcer, how about we involve you in an angle? And then we can turn that into where you manage this guy. And then it turns into a tag team match. Yeah. And then eventually when you get bit full by the bug, and you're actually in there and doing it, and it comes together, it's hard to go back just to being like, I'm going to go back and run the music and pop popcorn and programs. <laughs> and there's a lot of times when you start over for a company, you've got to start at the bottom. And yeah. I understood that. And the older guys told me that stuff. Yeah. But I just wrote it as hard as I could write it. And then when I started going other places, mm -hmm. because wrestling companies would show up, they'd run two or three shows, they'd go out of business. Yeah. You would make friends with this person. They're like, well, this guy's going to start running in Kansas now. Let's go up here, you know, and I'll get you in there and, you know, uh, we'll see if you can ring announce. If not, ride with me. We'll do some working out before those. Eventually, like, you start making the rounds. You start meeting people. That's when you start getting booked. Like, they see you do this and like, oh, we need to bring this kid in to announce or this or that. Or yeah. he does a really good job managing. Let's bring him in doing this. I eventually, you know, when you start getting that and you start learning from this person, this person, this person, I would say the most business part that I got broke into, like broke in with was like Sonny Myers uh, out okay. of St. John. And that's who trained like Niles Blanc and Jake Boulder. But for Sonny, you know, he trained them very old school. So getting a chance to get in the ring and work out with guys like Jake and, uh, and even Niles, but Sonny, I would sit next to him like, at the ring announcing table and he would get there early and he was a promoter. He was, you know, an NWA tag champion from back in the day. Yeah. And so he smartened me up on the business aspect. I mean, not just, okay, well you need to do this. this and no, I mean, down to, you know, when someone does something for 40 years yeah, 
he could he started telling me about how the political environment would affect ticket sales and the secular motion of like wrestling that's a lot of people talk but they never experience because they're not around for a constant time to see it go yeah some guys are like i've been wrestling for 20 years i'm like no you had 50 or 60 matches you got a girlfriend you got married you had kids now you want to have a match so your kid can see you wrestle and now you're back i'm like i've been doing this 20 years i'm like <laughs> technically if you mashed all your time together you've been doing it for a year and a half yeah but and they, they may follow it you know they may follow it and then yeah. like every year it's like when people train they start training and then they realize oh my god this is harder than then they they drop out and then yeah. sure enough like you can set your watch to it wrestlemania will come around and they'll watch wrestlemania with their buddies and like hey man is it too late to come back to the gym i'm like well you haven't been here in eight months i don't know man i've got that itch i, I think this is for me and if i'm gonna do it i'm now i'm like you're 42 buddy it's the window is the window's closed but uh i think just picking up so i like there wasn't like one person that really trained me but i right. was always i told i told craig or i say craig niles and Jake, I was like, you guys don't realize how lucky you are to have like Sonny Myers. And they didn't. I mean, he was just local for them. Mm -hmm. And but I knew who he was before I went there, you know, just reading up on everything I could get. Um, so I always told him, I was like, man, you guys are so lucky. But as much time as us three spent together and learning under that that learning tree of like mm -hmm. Sonny Myers, I just say, hey, man, I'm a Sonny Myers guy because um, you don't count this guy that showed you, you know, that beat the living shit out of you in this armory back in the day. But <laughs> I would say that guy brought me full circle. Yeah. And I watched the way that even the guys that he trained that I would work out with, yeah. they would be like, Hey, don't do it this way. Do it this way. Because I was never really told some of those because's it was mm -hmm. just, you do it this way because that's what I'm showing you. Okay. And it was like, stand there. Let me, you know, let me body slam you 30 times. Can you move? Yeah, well, let's do 10 more. You know, I, I remember one time I went and like um, a promoter had come through and he opened like a wrestling school the last like three months up in Fayetteville. He invited me to come up and work out. And I remember them giving me a clothesline, teaching me how to feed and get up properly. And I did. And the minute I did, they didn't tell me that another guy was going to come from the other side and clothesline me. So as soon as I feed up, there's already a clothesline there. My foot catches on the mat tear my hamstring completely in two man i mean oh, I, oh. I i can remember stopping at a gas station to get gas on my way home oh. and i couldn't move my leg and that was before it was pay at the pump you had to go inside like give me 20 bucks and, pump it. <laughs> you know? and my buddy was like man you might need to quit that stuff and i'm he's like you're just 18 years old and i'm like yeah but man i've i've got that itch yeah i've got that i want to do it you know i want to yeah. do it to say that i did it to maybe something will open up for me. And I've never really had any, like, at the time, you know, it was a hotbed for like the Attitude Era. And yeah. I mean, it was hot, man. You know, yeah. those Monday Night Wars, I don't mm -hmm. know about you, but we would take the small TV from another room, hook it up <laughs> in the living room. We'd have a big TV and a little TV sitting beside it. Yeah. And whatever the best match was at the time, we would flip them like, oh, let's put Dean Malenko <laughs> and Eddie Guerrero on the big TV. And then up here can be gold dust and whatever else was going on. But we would flip them back and forth. And uh, it was just a good time to kind of get in in that mid to late 90s. Yeah, It was great because I was like, is it always like this? Is it always a sellout crowd? But then you fast forward, you come back a year later 
and the bubble had busted. So you go from a National Guard armory in the middle of Kansas or Oklahoma that's got 400 people and they've turned people away to like, oh, there's 30 people here and there's 25 wrestlers in the back. So there's more, you know, there's more wrestlers in the back than there is yeah. in the crowd. So yeah. I've been able to be in it long enough to see the ups, to see the downs and kind of, but that's, uh, I know it's a long-winded answer. <laughs> no, it's a great answer. No, it's, it's fantastic actually. Uh, and I'm glad you explained it because you, you've done a lot in your, in your 25 years in the business. You're not just a wrestler, you're a promoter, you know, you yeah. do mid States, uh, which I hold in high regard. Um, Thank you. I, you know, I've been to several of your events. Mm-hmm. I've come up and talked to you guys, and, and you guys run such a, a great card from beginning. To, and I'm not just saying that because you're on here. I'm no. saying that, and I've told other people the same thing. And it's such a top-notch. And, you know, I've Jason, I'll be honest. I've talked to several people that have worked for you, that work for you even, and they have nothing but high regard for you. Even yeah. if they're not there all the time. Uh, you know, I, I did a few weeks ago, I did uh, Rockwell, you know, the villain, yeah. natural born villain. Nothing but high respect for you. Uh, sure. And, uh, and vice versa, I know. But, you know, so that says something about your, your work ethic, your character, how you approach things. And, sure. yeah, I'm sure it hasn't been easy for you over this last 25 years. You just didn't wake up one day, oh, I'm going to, run a wrestling promotion and I'm going to do this and do that. You know, it, it's, it's a lot of work. Sure. And, and uh, let's talk about that for a minute. You, you know, mid-states wrestling is doing, I mean, you go, you, I've seen you in Springfield. I've seen you in Harrison. I know you kind of go to Kansas and, right. and parts of Oklahoma, Arkansas. I think, I think kind of the, you know, mid-states, we just had our 20th anniversary mm-hmm. and, um, I think the company that Mid-States has become, it was a vision that I had years ago. Mm-hmm. Why can't there be old school wrestling like I grew up on? Yeah. And the more that I traveled, it was a blessing for me. So I think some guys wake up and they're like, I'm going to start a wrestling promotion or, you know, I'm going to start a promotion to give myself a push. And that's their obje- objective. And I'm like, so I would go work for all these other promoters and I would watch every match from behind the curtain. This guy's good. I noticed that this guy, the way, and it wouldn't even be the wrestling so much. Maybe this guy didn't label his seat numbers. Maybe this worked for him. Oh, that trick that this promoter did brought them an extra, you know, $500 that they did uh, down to taking notes, spiral notebooks, just full of, concession stand prices and what fans liked and how they reacted to certain things and just notebooks full of stuff and just being on a road trip and us going over and and like you know I think that that angle was good I think it could have been better maybe if they had involved this guy but like I kept those notes Mm -hmm. and then I'm like you know there's going to be a time where I'm going to want to promote and people that want to promote you need to understand something it's not just a lot of work from you it's a lot of work for everybody that's involved in it. Yeah. There's so many promoters that I'll I'll go and they'll call me and they'll say, well, I'm going to start running. You wish them nothing but the best. And you show up and they've got like, you know, the girl shows up working the door 20 minutes late or something. And they don't know how to run the credit cards. And they don't know this because they've got, oh, my buddy's wife will do that for us. You know, and it's, yeah. 
it just and little things like that sometimes are unavoidable but right. it reflects on the company as a whole yeah so i want those people that you know one note that i put in my head is i was like look not every guy can afford to take their family to wwf yep. to AEW, whatever it is wrestlemania mm -hmm. monday night raw why can't we bring them that mm -hmm. on a smaller scale with great talent that's so and some of these guys how they never got contracts i'll never know mm -hmm. you know there's i was able to go and travel and be like i want this person these two guys from kansas this guy from texas this guy and would i would bring them all together mm -hmm. and mix that together and see what got over with our fans in different areas and be like that gimmick that that guy does is really good. I like it, but I think maybe it would work better on our Arkansas crowd than it would our Kansas crowd or right. whatever the case it was. So there was always a mental notebook going. Yeah. And I think that a lot of promoters don't. I think a lot of them get in the habit of Robin Peter to pay Paul, um, stiffing guys on envelopes, shortening guys on envelopes. I've never shorted a guy on envelope. If I don't have the money to run a show, I don't run a show. Yeah. And sometimes that's a matter of, yeah, your rent money's on the line, buddy. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of times I've ran shows where I should have just taken the couple grand that it would have maybe cost me to run that show. Just went to the casino and had a good time for the weekend. But <laughs> I knew that if you were going to put the work in, yeah. I eventually didn't want to be a Fed that closed in a year. I didn't even want to be a Fed that closed in five years. I wanted to be at it for the long haul. Yeah. But a consistent long haul, not like we're running two shows a year. We've been promoting for 15 years. No, man, I wanted to run 15, 20, 30 shows a year. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to run for a long time. And yeah. I wanted to give the crowd a little bit of everything that I liked growing up. Old school, like great wrestling matches. Yep. Not, not just uh, one thing I face is when I broke into promoting in the early 2000s they were burned out of what they had saw on TV. And there was such a negative stigma about, Oh, you mean with the naked women and the vulgarity and this and that? No, you can't hang that poster up in my window. Yeah. And I faced so much, so much of that. Yeah. I remember, I can remember being like 20, 21 years old and the, the newspaper, local newspaper did a story about me. And I remember getting an email from a guy that was like, your grandfather and your, your family should be so disappointed in you for choosing this, like, disgusting, vile, and, you know, whatever industry to get into. Because yeah. wow. he was only familiar with what he saw on TV. And I, I remember that. Like, yeah. and I was just like, number one, what an asshole, you know. Yeah. That he, <laughs> you know, he took that newspaper article. It had a link to my website. Went to my website and just happens to... I mean, just shoot on me with a, with an email. I just can remember like almost being in tears. I'm like, yeah. who is this guy? Why would he say that? And I knew him, you know, I knew his yeah. family. It was like, it, it, but there was such a negative stereotype that I wanted to distance that completely. And I yeah. wanted to just give them, um, I didn't want to have matches for the sake of having matches. I didn't want to have just uh hard that was the time everybody's like, oh, we're gonna do hardcore matches we're gonna do this we're gonna do that i'm like let's get back to some old school yeah. wrestling matches yeah. old school tv tapings we we ran tv um at one point we we're the highest rated like syndicated show in northwest arkansas mm -hmm. the problem that we had with that was so many people started watching on tv and we had a really good following and we aired a lot of episodes like really late at night like 10 o'clock after raw and then we aired 
we had a five o'clock Saturday time slot, a noon on Saturday, a Sunday at five o'clock. We ran some really good time slots to give people a chance that were just flipping through to catch it. The problem of it was people would come up to me and be like, oh man, we love, my kids love your show. We, we love it. We watch it all the time. You know, and they're like, oh, is this person coming back? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, you know, like, hey, we got big matches this next Saturday coming up at the fairgrounds. I'm like, oh, we'll just wait till it comes on TV. And you're like, oh. So the formula years ago that used to be, we'll use TV as the advertisement to get them in the door. Right. Had changed to instant gratification of people like, oh, you want to watch this and this? Let's pull it up on our phone and watch it. Yeah. To where their attention span was, let's just sit on the couch and binge watch an entire five seasons of The Crown in one night. It, it just, yeah. It, it mentality. So I started thinking, oh my God, the business, the model has changed. Yeah. And there were people adamant about that. Mm-hmm. They loved watching wrestling, but they didn't want to be seen going to a wrestling match because that would be lowbrow, right? <laughs> yeah, so when I, say. when we started taking the, when we started taking the product, off tv our houses went up yeah if they wanted to come see those characters they had invested in for five or six years you had to buy a ticket to come watch them yeah so i never went back to tv and that's why we make dvds available for our people that are at the live crowds stuff Mm -hmm. like that yeah Uh, we've got a hell of a library dude i've got i've got footage of matches that we own with I have Kamala versus Butch Reed. I have hundreds of Butch Reed matches. Butch was one of our champions forever. Yeah. Um, so many guys that are now doing awesome things. Uh, so many legends that have came in over the years. Danny Hodge and beautiful. I have beautiful Bobby Eaton's last wrestling match. It was right here. And I, you know, wow. things like that, that I really, that I yeah. really, really cherish. But I'm like, the only outlet now is, is if you put that online, it's going to end up bootleg and available on YouTube 500 times from somebody else. Yeah. And I don't want to see that happen to some of our stuff. So that's why sometimes I'm like, let's make it available on DVD. And at least we're not going to get rich, but let's recover some of those costs of the times where there were lean times because yeah. they can't, you know, as we know, the re- the wrestling business is secular. And yeah. you're hot, you're hot. And Jerry, you know, what is it? Jerry Reed says it all. When you're not, you're not, man. When you're not, you're not. <laughs> and when you're not, you're not. So they, uh, when it rains, it pours too, you yeah. know. I, I want to uh, tell you, I've been to your house shows and you guys, I went to you, the first one I went to was in Harrison, Arkansas. Yeah. And in fact, it was recommended to me by Brian Thompson. Oh. I did a, a, a podcast. Yeah. He, I did a, a podcast. <laughs> He uh, he recommended it. I did a podcast about a year ago, actually now, and he said you need to go to Harrison and check out Mid States. Okay, so my wife and I went. My wife, you, you met her, you know her. You yeah. know. <laughs> she owes me. Yeah, she does. Yeah, and uh, and you know it was great. I was like, man, this is really good for in, in, uh, independent, you know, promotion. And uh, then you came to Springfield. I was like, oh, great. You're only 30 minutes from my house. That's even better. Yeah. And and again, th- what you stated earlier about how the crowd reacted, how where the crowd should be seated, labeling the uh, the seats. Just little things. Yeah. Little things. The products that you uh, have on uh, in the in the concession stand. Yeah. That don't cost you an arm and a leg. 
to get a soda and something to eat, you know, at, sure. a, at a WWE event costs you $25 for oh. just me. And at yours, it's like maybe seven. But, yeah. but what I'm saying is, is no, it's not the eye candy. Pardon my gestures there. <laughs> but you have, you have a screen up, you have the music playing, you have the people coming out sure. doing the, and it's exciting because you see the crowd. Everybody gets up every time. Yeah. And it's great. And I commend you for that. And uh... I'll tell you a real short story. Sure. I was an extra for Monday Night Raw one night. Okay. It was like myself and, and Niles Plonk. And uh, I want to say the Iceman was there. And it was a big pull apart between Lesnar and Undertaker going into like their big SummerSlam feud. So there, you know, there's a line of stuff. And John Cone was like the producer at the time. And John had refereed a ton of my matches, like in Kansas City. And you know, he's like their senior official now. And he's such a super nice guy. I got a big hug because I hadn't seen him in years. And yeah. and uh, I'm so proud of him. I like just he used to referee all of our matches back in the day. We used to tease him because we called him Elvis because he had like the slick back hair. And <laughs> I called him Wayne Newton one time. And he goes, "Man, at least call me Elvis or something." <laughs> okay, but. William Regal took us aside and we set up in the bleachers and there was probably eight or nine of us. And he was like, that guy that sits in this seat tonight and there's so much wisdom that stuck with me. And I try to base our business model on this. This guy that sits in this very seat tonight is going to get worked over. That guy, that, that guy is going to spend 500 bucks tonight. He's going to spend 75 bucks each on these tickets for his family of four. So he's at like 300 bucks. He's going to send Ticketmaster charges. Then he's going to have to pay 20 bucks to park outside. When he comes in, he's going to have to buy his kids a John Cena wristband and a shirt. He's going to get strainy, pardon language, Regal said, bent over at the merchandise table. You know, but he's <laughs> yeah. going to, they're going to buy their kids souvenirs. And they're going to be $35 shirts and $20, $25 hats and this and that. Everything's expensive, you know, when you go to an event like that. And I get it. Then he's going to have to buy them all snacks at the concession stand. He's going to pay $5 for a 20 ounce and $8 for a small popcorn. And he's going to have to get them all that. Then when they make it to their seats, he's like, then they're, you know, his kids are all decked out in their, their gear. And he said, and you're the, he goes, and you, you happen to be the match. And all of a sudden you whiff a punch. He goes, that guy just felt like he got robbed spending X amount of money and like, Jesus, this looks like a joke. It's not even believable. So Regal prefaced it by, give this guy his money's worth tonight. Because he's not just paying 25 bucks for that ticket. He's spending probably one whole paycheck on bringing his family out on a Monday night to watch Raw. He said that one of his favorite things to do is, when he traveled a lot, he would take his son to movies. And they would go watch a movie like once a week when he was home. Mm -hmm. go to a matinee, watch a show. And he said, now he goes, there's a lot of horrible movies out there. He goes, but you know, when a superhero movie would come out, he was like, and you take your kid and the kid likes it. He's like, then you got to buy him the action figure at Walmart and the t-shirt and the cape or whatever. Then if it's really good, oh man, we got to, we got to buy it when it comes out on DVD so we can watch it again. So my kid can run around the house and play Superman or whatever. <laughs> then when the sequel comes out, I'm going to spend money on it because it was a good movie. Yeah. And my kids got to have all the toys, the villains, the good guys. He goes, that's what you want. He said, now there's been times we went and watched the movie. He goes, now if the movie's horrible, not only did I feel like I 
got suckered out of 50 bucks for a horrible movie. Yeah. Do I want to buy my kid the action figure for that toy? You know, the toy from that movie? Do I want to buy the DVD when it comes out? Do I want to go watch the sequel? The first one sucked. Yeah. God, and how simple is that? That it just, I was yeah. like, good God, I need a notepad to take down all these notes. But he's <laughs> so right. And it can be so simple. And so many promoters and uh, promotions out there are just interested in trying to make a quick buck and hot shot in a town and, and being a carny. And there's ways to make money, but there's also ways to have customer service. Yeah. I have really hard work ethic that was instilled by me by both sides of my family. Yeah. Both families are tremendous hard workers, whether it, you know, I was always told if you dig ditches for the, you know, living, you'd be the best ditch digger you can be. If it's pushing a pin, you'd be the best pin pusher you can be. And I, I tried to take that. If I was like, if I'm going to make this business a shoot business, whether it's me wrestling, whether it's me announcing, whether it's me promoting, booking, whatever, I want to be the best damn booker promoter I can be, wrestler, whatever the case of it is. Yeah. If I'm going to make this my shoot job, I have to treat it like a shoot job. So that's mm -hmm. kind of where that hardest working man in pro wrestling comes back to because it's like I'm not just running a show so guys will come and hang out with me. Like, I right. got enough friends. You know, <laughs> I don't need friends. We need – we want a good product that we can build this. You know, hopefully one day I want to leave this to my kids. Yeah. They may not want to have anything to do with it at all. They've grown up around it. They're, they can be further than over wrestling, you know. They're just like – they go to Walmart with dad and some random kid stops and wants an autograph. They're like, why? He's just my dad. <laughs> then it dawns, it dawned on them a little, you know, when I'm like, that's my dad, you know, you know, yeah. not all yeah. know who he is, but a lot of them do. And um, they, so maybe one day I can leave them something good like that. And yeah. um, they, um, I just think that there's like, we're talking about that guy that comes out to a mid-state show Everybody in Missouri over this new commission tax had to rate. They all raised their prices and they yep. put little flamers out. We didn't. I was like, we're going to keep that $15 price point. I said, anything more than that. Sure. We're losing money, but something resonated me a long time ago. I had a boss. I worked like at a pizza restaurant for him. I was like 15 <laughs> cost of doing business sometimes, yeah. you know, it's just the cost of doing business. Yeah. Is it cost me an extra $500 a show? Yeah, but do I pass that along to my fans? I can eat the dollar, you know? Yeah. And I want the product, not just the show, I want the production. I want them to feel mm -hmm. like they're lost for two and a half hours. They don't have a care in the world that they're at the biggest event that they could possibly be at that night. They gave up their entire Saturday night to come yeah. spend with us. Yeah. And I tell when I give my locker room meetings, I'm like, look, you may showed up today and you just like I'm over it. Some guy out there has just laid down 200 bucks to take his family here. And it may be the last two hundred dollars they have. Yeah. Make them feel special. Mm -hmm. Make those kids feel special. Be sure that you tell those parents that brought them out. Thank you for bringing them out. I promise you that mm -hmm. I'm going to give you one hundred and ten percent, even when I don't feel like it. Yeah. There's times I've had fevers. I don't feel like it, but I gave my word when I signed up to, to promote an event, to wrestle on an event, I'm going to be there and I'm going to make it worth your while because you entrusted that in me. You entrusted your hard earned dollar that you go to work for and work for yeah. that. We're going to give you hundred percent of whatever we have. Yeah. We're not going to phone it in. And I think too many people get complacent and they phone things in. 
And I think that's why Mid-State's been able to be so successful. Yeah. yeah. There's been there's been times where it's just like, God, I can't wait to get this show over. It's shortening my life because things go wrong, you know. Yeah. Things go wrong that are out of your control, you know. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can remember one time being ready for an event. I'm like, so ready. And then like two hours before, power goes out. A power uh, grid. Yeah. You know, it's like they get the power restored and then there's like, breaker box is a block away that's locked up and it's like calling the building person <laughs> a toilet explodes you know it's like you can't write this stuff you know yeah. it's just like right before we go live the phone starts blowing up yeah <laughs> little things like that that you just have to rise above and say hey i wasn't planning on paying rotorooter 200 bucks to come out and fix the toilet tonight on a venue that i've rented for a thousand dollars but sometimes it's the cost of doing business you take yeah. one on the chin because you don't want to pass that on to your customer because you want them you don't want them to know that anything's wrong, that we're going to give you a hundred percent, regardless yeah. of the, if we got to wrestle in the dark and I got to pull my truck up there and put some headlights on the ring, I'm going to give you a hell of a show. Yeah. So I think, <laughs> I think that carrying that with me has always yeah. stuck, you know? Yeah. I, I tell you, I, and I'm not just saying this, your shows are always good. Uh, great customer service. I mean, all the wrestlers that are out there, they don't, they don't ask you, do you want to buy a T-shirt? Do you want sure. this and that? You go up to them. You talk to them for a few minutes. They don't mention anything. If you want a picture, they'll take a picture with you. Yep. And that gets my interest. Okay, these guys aren't <laughs> hounding me. So you know what? I am going to buy a T-shirt. Yeah. I am going to buy a, a, a photo. If you would sign it, please. Yeah, I'll sign sure. it for you. No problem. Absolutely. And and, and it's, it's great because... It's refreshing for me. You know, I've been, I'm 52 years old. So I, I saw when old school and it went to the cartoon and the attitude era and it kind of swinging back and for, like I said, for your promotion, for what you do. And I'll tell you, there's a guy that I saw a couple weeks back when you were in Springfield, he uh, wrestled the heavyweight champion. He was a big guy. I'm talking, he probably weighed about, I don't know. I think 400. Talking, I don't, Sam Stackhouse. Right? Oh my God. For his size, that guy could move. He can I'll wrestle. You, you pick Stack out, you look at him. I'm like, what's this guy going to do? That's exactly what I thought. What's this guy going to do to, to, you know, your champion. But I mean, not, it was great. I've known Sam for like 10 years. Sam had one of his first ever matches for mid States wrestling. And now to see him, be on GCW and being a viral sensation. I guess a clip about two years ago went viral of him jumping over the ropes, smashing a guy on a table, and all of a sudden overnight it had a couple million views. To get him to where, I mean, to see the success that he's been able to have and mm -hmm. be so underrated for so long, yeah. that just goes to show you there's good wrestlers out there, but unless the fans know they exist, they don't see them. Yeah. So with me traveling and making different relationships and wrestling in seven and eight different states, I'm able to see that talent and say, oh, my God, they could have a damn good match with Luke Langley. Let's make that happen. Yes. Or this person could gel good with that. I'm really kind of good, and I'm, I am I know it seems like I'm right, but you can look at two people and say, yeah. I bet their chemistry would gel. And yeah. sometimes you look at them and you go, this is going to be amazing. You put them in there, and it's like a fart in church. <laughs> pardon the expression. <laughs> but it's like you pivot and you say, okay, yeah, maybe – this was a bad call. Maybe we do this. Yeah. And sometimes when that, I think when you set the stage and the atmosphere's there, 
like the atmosphere that Mid-States try to create. And the rest of the matches tell a story building up to now it's the main event. Mm-hmm. And you see two guys that are top-notch guys. Yeah. It's a shame that neither of them have contracts. Go out there and simply blow the roof off the place and listen to the crowds chant, this is awesome. They may have had that match, that same match somewhere else that may not have got near as over because maybe the matches at the beginning weren't there. Maybe the atmosphere wasn't there. Maybe the, you know, they're just, they're not having a good time because, hey, let me show you, let me tell you an old uh, promoter trip. Hey kid, would you like a would you like an autograph picture? You want to you want my autograph picture? What's your name? What's your name? Oh, Jimmy. Let me sign your. Let me. Hey mom, that'll be ten bucks. Yeah, I've seen that happen a lot on the independents. Yeah, and if you've ever taken your kids to the circus, the circus is the biggest carny thing in the world. You know, yeah. like hey kid, here's a big balloon. Dad, that'll be twelve dollars. And you're like, good God, you know, and yeah. it's. It's a carny thing, and I'm like, guys, we're not carnies. We're giving the fans our money's worth. And if, mm-hmm. and I think the fans start to see when, hey, we like that guy. It's just like Regal said. I like that guy. Let's buy his T-shirt. Yeah. He never practices. He always takes a picture with the kids. He never wants anything back, yeah. you know. And uh, I think when you create that entire atmosphere, yeah. All of those things click together. I'm not taking anything away from Sam or Luke, but I think when that atmosphere is there mm-hmm. and that crowd's in that mindset mm-hmm. and everything is lined up perfect to that night and it's yeah. that big final showdown. Yeah. Oh, John Wayne's in the fight against the heel. Yeah. I mean, standing ovation all the way around. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that match, I, I'll be honest, I was so surprised at how athletic Sam was to, to Luke Langley. Luke Langley, he looks like, you know, He's ripped. You know, yeah. he looks like he can kick anybody's hind end. You can grade cheese on his ass. Yeah, yeah, I could believe it. I mean, but he's all, every time I see him, Russell, the time before it was uh, Must See TV uh, in Springfield before, and they had a great match. It was fantastic. And so was this last one. It's like he knows, Luke knows how to, you know, make make it, last and make it work you know and and it's just amazing that that at that level and i'm not saying i'm not you guys do a fantastic job all the matches were great yours and steven ease was (laughs) i loved it (laughs) i mean you were just kicking the crap out of him for a while then all of a sudden he he wave or something a couple guys come out you beat the crap out of them he get a few licks on you and it just kind of worked but it was great for a 20-year feud, for a 20-year-old feud, and of him always kicking my ass, yeah. I was ready for it. You know, I was ready for it to happen. And for a guy that's never, quote-unquote, been trained as a wrestler, he always pulls a win out, and I'm like, I'm just going to kick his ass. And I'm like, how he was – I mean, I've still got – I still yeah. got a goose egg right here okay. from that thing over a week now. Yeah. And uh, – I. I just think when you're in a main event, you give the crowd your money's worth. Now, yeah. did I walk for two days? No, I was so damn sore, couldn't move. But I, they timed that, and it was 31 minutes, curtain to yeah. curtain, from bell to bell. It was 26 yeah. minutes. Yeah. When if I asked him to run the ropes for 30 seconds, he would be winded. But because we took our time, because we told a story, it came out. Yeah. Sam, it, Sam is great. Luke had his first match for Mid Stage Wrestling, and Luke, I've been able to watch. Now, I'm, I'm not going to take any credit for it because Luke puts all the work in himself. Yeah. He's the guy in the gym. 
he's the guy in the ring. He's the guy working out, doing this, doing that. Yeah. Had his first match here to eventually making his way to, you know, holding a championship. And when you're the champion, you are the face of the company, whether you're the yeah. face of the company or not. People yeah. say, oh, that guy's the champion of that company. That company must be the shits, pardon my language. Sonny <laughs> so, <laughs> used to say that phrase all the time. You know, yeah. like you'd come to the back and be like, how was my match? You know, and you just wait for it. And he's just, you know, sit back there. It was the shits. And you're like, okay, good talk. And then he yeah. would proceed to tell you why. And if you just took the ash chewing, went on about it, took mental notes, and then fixed what was wrong. Yeah. You come back the next time. How's that match? It was good. You didn't, it wasn't so bad this time. It wasn't all the way the shits, but it was, you know, you could work on this. Yeah. So the compliments get easier and easier and easier. But man, Sam and Luke. That was a great match. Uh, one of those guys, and they had never wrestled each other before, ever. And I know a lot of people don't realize that. They've been all the way around each other. They've wrestled on several cards together, but they've never been in the ring one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. And I wanted to make that match happen. I think Springfield was the right crowd for that, Oh, too. yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think in December, it's looking like part two. So I'm, Oh, good, because I'm coming in December, and I'm bringing my, my oldest son – with me this time he's coming up from texas so uh yeah yeah uh he was with me last year uh we went to harrison but uh we're going to the one in springfield this year and we're excited about it and awesome. uh yeah all right so a couple more questions and i know you've got some other things going on but you said you worked with wwe a little bit have you worked with any others uh, like aw impact anything like that and I say work to WWE, I've done extra work for them one time, so I don't even use well, the term. Okay. Now, I do have, like, uh, I trained I trained a young lady, um, started, took her first bumps for me. She trained. She worked all the way up. She was Quinn McKay on Ring of Honor. She was the little girl that, wore the, that did the interviewing, that had the match. Yeah. Now she's signed with NXT and WWE, and she's doing – and she's now Kelly Kincaid. Okay. So – I live vicariously. My window's closed. You know, my window's closed. I'm going to be able to go out and do my matches that I can do. Yeah. But my body for 25 years, I'm, I'm technically 84 years old now, I think. You know, when you when you apply wrestler years to it, it's like dog years. <laughs> like, technically, I'm 84. It's this. You can't see it. This is actually a wheelchair, probably. I'm sitting in. No, but it's, <laughs> the limp gets worse and worse as I go on. But getting to live vicariously through the guys I've trained and getting to see their opportunities. Um, that, that makes me really, really happy. It's yeah. like a proud dad moment. You know, yeah. it's like, it's a coach moment mm -hmm. getting, you know, seeing her getting signed first to ring of honor and then all the way till, you know, getting more TV time than a lot of people get getting mm -hmm. to see her progression of, Hey, you took your first bumps with us, you know, you, and yeah. you had the work ethic, I, you know, we treated her just like the guys. And yeah. that's one reason I think that she was, but she was so coachable. That's another one too, that didn't just work out in the ring. She put the time in, in the gym. She yeah. put the time on studying tape and this and that. And if, if a person wants to do it, all the tools are there now, mm -hmm. you know, you can go, you can go and pay five bucks for the network now and watch old matches of this person, this person. When I broke in, you had to go on eBay buy $20 compilation tapes that were a dub of a dub of a dub of a dub. And they would yeah. be all, I can remember just getting Memphis tapes <laughs> and studying, 
like Eddie Gilbert and, and Jerry Lawler, and they would be so horrible. Like by these standards, these kids today would have been like, why are you watching Fuzz? You know, yeah. and it's like, no, there's two wrestlers in there. You could tell. But that's what you had to do was study tape because that's what the old guys told me. They're like, study tape. And they were like, who do you like? I was like, I love Dusty Rhodes. I love Dick Murdoch. I love Ric Flair. And it would be like, you know, go buy some tape with them, you know, and you would mm-hmm. go on to these tape trader websites and buy these tapes and watch them. And then when you get done with them, you give them to your buddy and you, he'd give you the, the one that he had of Ricky Steamboat. You'd watch that one and you'd, you'd watch all these things. And I used to before cell phones, cause we all have a camera on us now. Yeah. Setting a video camera up in the armory, wherever I was wrestling, having somebody go out and hit record right before my match getting home that night at three in the morning, putting that tape on, plugging the old damn thing into the TV room, <laughs> plugging it in, recording it off to a VHS tape and just yeah. watching it and yeah. being like, I would sit there with a spiral notebook again or a legal pad, write down, oh, that looked good. Oh, that looked like crap. I need to work on this. And little things like my body movement in the ring yeah. worked. You know, I tried to work on that. And still to this day, I, I tell my students, I'm like, guys, there's so many resources at your fingertips. There's more promotions running than ever. Mm-hmm. There's more promoters. There's more rings. There's more wrestling schools. You have footage at the access of your fingertip right now. If I tell them to study Bobby Eaton versus Arn Anderson, boom, I can show it to them in 30 seconds. Yeah. I tell yeah. them to study, you know, this person wants to do this type of character. You should study Rick Martell. You know, and it's this person's a bigger guy. Hey, you should study some big boss man stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you should watch the one man gang. You should watch Bam Bam Bigelow. You should watch yeah. these big guys. It's all right there. So there's no excuse for no one not doing their homework anymore. Right. And if some by themselves, like a Sam, like a Luke, there I mean the sky's the limit. Yeah. It only takes one viral clip sometimes to boom. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's it's not a it's not a business where I mean, there's opportunities out there. There's a lot of companies running, mm-hmm. but, and people always ask me like, Oh, what do you recommend? What do you recommend I do? Do you recommend I do this? I'm like, it starts with where you get trained, make sure yeah. that where you get trained, you're going to learn the basics and you're going to learn how to actually be a professional wrestler and not, Oh, we're going to show up. We're going to pull out a crash pad. And we're going to do flips off of it tonight. Yeah. That's for some people, but if they have the basics and that knowledge, yeah. They can go anywhere in the world and work with someone. Yeah. There's a lot of shysters out there trying to promote, run wrestling schools and stuff. Look at a business that's been around for years and be like, oh, this guy, this guy's been here. He's been promoting 25 years. He's been wrestling 20 years. He's had a wrestling school for, you know, 15 years. Maybe that's the solid bet as opposed to this new guy that just got started that said he was trained somewhere else or he wrestled under a mask for years or yeah. there's a lot of content when I broke in. And yeah. when I see those guys pop up, I'm like, guys, you should kind of be leery of a guy that claimed he wrestled under a mask. You know, I get uh, dozens of emails every week, like, especially after we have a big house and people will post pictures and they'll be like, I need to come wrestle for you. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like your number one job as a pro wrestler is to sell tickets. You know, mm-hmm. off of your, off of your, whatever it is, your, your look, yeah. your hustle, whatever the hell it is. And guys are like, I need to come wrestle for you. I'm like, well, guys, there's only six matches on the card. So that means there's 12 spots. Hey, buddy. Um, sorry, the dog's in here. You're fine. Um, Don't worry about it. Yeah. But if I right, lost, did you get the shakes there, bud? <laughs> Let's check the Wonder Bulldog. He's, uh, yeah. You got to finish with his handball now. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> 
But uh, God, I even forgot what I was talking about, man. Sorry. That's I, okay. I got, Wrestling school and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But what was I talking about? <laughs> Wrestling Sorry, schools, that's... carnies, and training, and guys calling you saying, yeah. I'm ready to wrestle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys, guys will contact me all the time, and I'll just – I have a standard answer that I say. Hey, include, include one clip of a – include a clip of you as a heel. Yeah. Include a clip of you as a baby face. Send me a headshot or a promo picture and a resume. A lot of guys will have a promo picture and a resume, and they'll, they're always like, I did seminars with this person, you know, this person, like, where's your training at, you know? Yeah. yeah. They will – the first thing that you can weed people out is, well, I don't really have any footage because it all burned up in a house. I'm like, you mean you don't have one match digitally online of the 5 million wrestling matches out there? Number one, you're full of crap, right? Number yeah. two, and then they'll, I can watch a match and within 30 seconds, I can tell you if the guy's trained properly or not. Down to the way they tie up their footwork and everything else. Yeah. For guys going, I'm like, number one, you just sent me footage of you wearing, you know, uh, nikes or like hiking boots and freaking jean shorts and and whatever i'm like <laughs> jimmy hart says it all the time and i will quote him till the day i die when he was in you know when he was with the gentries and he was making his round on the dick clark tour when he did the the singing back in the day yeah uh, he was in a boy band before boy bands were cool back <laughs> dick clark had a meeting and he said there's two rules you be on time be on time for your sound check be on time for the show number two if you dress like the crowd, you're going to end up in the crowd. So I tell guys that all the time. If you can't have professional wrestling gear, there's back when I broke in, you know, boots, five, 600 bucks. There was one company that made them. Yeah. Your gear, K&H, there was one company that made There's gear makers everywhere now. Yeah. So for you to go to Hot Topic and be like, well, that's my gimmick. That's what I do. I'm like, well, that's cool. You just don't do it here. Right. We're going to come lay money down. They came to see professional wrestling. And there's some people I know that sports entertain. I'm not a sports entertainer. No. I'm a professional wrestler. I happen yeah. to be damn entertaining doing it. But, you know, we book professional wrestling. And the name on the marquee of Mid-States will always say professional wrestling. Yeah. So I, I think that uh, if you can't look the part, you're not going to come cosplay on my card. Yeah. And I think the promoters are just like, oh, let's book this kid. He looks good. Who gives a, who gives a crap? So, yeah. Sorry, I know I get no, 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 you're great. No, I love it. I'm, I, I'm enjoying this perspective. I'm enjoying it very much. You got some cards coming up, some events coming up. Uh, let's talk about that. So, go ahead, talk, talk to us about. First, before we do that, Jason, let's talk about. Um, you've got some uh, schooling. Do you have somewhere? Someone wants to talk to you. Somebody wants to get trained. They're interested in training. How do they go about doing that? We have a website. Um, we have a website. It's mswtickets.com. If you don't care, whenever you upload this, put that link on there. Yeah. mswtickets.com. That's got all of our current merchandise, our tickets. At the very bottom, there's information on training. Okay. Uh, a lot of schools, you know, the old trick, they want 3000 up front. They're going to beat the hell out of you. You're never going to come back. You right. know, we don't do that. Look, okay. I do what we call a beginner training class. It's a one-time thing because... 90% of the people aren't going to make it past one training deal. And I'm not a drill instructor, but you are going to be able to get in the ring. You're going to take some falls with some crash pads. You're going to take some falls in the ring. You're going to get in the ring. You're going to, you're going to learn how to do a collar noble tie-up. You're going to do a little bit of thing. Number one, I'm going to see if you're coachable. Number one, I'll see if you have an athletic background. We charge 50 bucks. Then if yeah. you decide you want to go forward, 
our gym dues start at $75 a month. And people say all the time, you know, well, oh man, you're 45 miles from me. And like, dude, I used to drive four and a half hours at four in the morning to go set a ring up so I could try to get my ass kicked for 30 minutes, then drive all the way back, sleep in my car for 10 minutes, then go do my shift for Pepsi Cola, you know? Yeah. So if they can't invest a 45 minute trip once a week, or they can't afford $75 a week, obviously that's not a dream that they want bad enough. Yeah. So that's uh so we do offer training and we, I also think it's valuable to not just my opinion, but like we have two rings, we have a full gym. We've been there since 2007, I believe okay. we're not going anywhere. That's why I tell people we're not going anywhere. Right. All these other places that pop up and here and there, these fat, no, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Myself, Gary Roosevelt Graham is in there a couple times a month helping with classes. Terry Zeller, you know, watching him from back in the day, like, you know, uh, on WWF and everything else in the Portland area, he comes down and helps with classes. We have guys come in and out that help us do in-house seminars. There'll be times where, you know, the guys would love it because they just show up and A Steel would be there that night. Yeah. A Steel would come down and like, and like, and they would be like, who's that? And I'm like, okay, you know, CM Punk, the, the guy, the shirt that you have on there. Yeah. He trained CM Punk. He trained Lita. He trained Colt Cabana. He trained Adam Pierce. He trained all these guys Yeah. for him to come down and to lend you his valuable time because yeah. he wants ring time. And because he's my friend, you should sit there and just be like, oh my God. Yeah. So like there would be times we'd have him in Niles will show up and just work out with the kids. So I think it's good that as there's an expression there's a you know chocolate vanilla or good ice cream there's a lot of flavors of ice cream yeah and i love it when guys come in to work with my kids and they already have the basics down and then like they turn and they're like good job you know they have their basics down yeah uh so many people talk about they go and do seminars with these different wrestlers mm-hmm. and they'll say give me two guys and uh, this guy will come in this guy will come in they'll go to tie up and whatever they were going to work on that day all gets thrown out the window because Oh my God, that was a shitty tie-up. Guys, here's what we're doing now. We're going to show you how to properly tie up. When 90% of those guys know how to do that, because two dipshits got, oh, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Tie up. And then it's like those guys that laid out their 40 bucks to spend their Saturday afternoon with a name. Now they're stuck learning how to do a tie-up and basic wrestling that they should already know before they should be doing stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And basics is glanced over. And I tell everybody, you have to have a solid foundation when you build a house mm-hmm. and your foundation or your building blocks. And that's your, you know, that's your actual wrestling. Those are your bumps. Those are your, yeah. your techniques and your know-how. Then you want to learn how to do a 450 splash. Cool. That's an added attraction. You know, that's a skylight in this house. that You built yeah. a foundation. I know I use a lot of cliche things, but that's all right. No, it's out of Harrison. Is that correct? Is that where you're located? Yeah, I'm in Harrison. A lot of people are like, oh my God, it's Arkansas. Like, man, we're 20 minutes from Branson, Missouri. No, you're, no, yeah. But then, it's out of Springfield. I get a lot yeah. of guys. We're hopefully going to have a, a location very, very soon in Springfield, Missouri, okay. uh, a couple times a month that'll make it accessible for a lot of guys to come down. But I also tell guys, they'll call me like, yeah, man, I live in Springfield. And I'm like, I have eight guys making the trip every Tuesday night to come down. Yeah. You can car. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know, man, that's an hour. That's a long drive. It's like, well, yeah. obviously you don't want this bad enough, yeah. you know? And that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of another one of my screening points too. Like yeah. I can come to you or you can come and work out in a couple rings and, you know, yeah. some great training equipment yeah. and, and learn from us in a great classroom environment. So. Yeah. Let's, uh, what about like uh, other you know, you have 
announcers, you have referees, you have training for like refs. Cause I know those guys got to take a bump once in a while too. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, the uh, two of the three referees that you saw the other night, they were mm -hmm. trained by me. You know, okay. I, I trained a lot of referees. I love, I love working with referees. Like we have James Beard coming in again. James Beard will come in and do love that guy. Art. Love that guy. Yeah. Uh, I I always try. To, I recommend his book for everybody. Yep. Beard is a personal friend. He's he's like if I got out of wrestling right now, and I was like I never want anything to do with wrestling again. James Beard would still be a friend that I talk to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, great guy. just a good guy. Like, we yeah. talk about, did you know, like, you know, a lot of people don't know this about uh, James, but, like, we were at WrestleCade, and, like, we were sharing a gimmick table together, and we're, we've been up, and Niles had some wine, and we're just sitting, we're just, we're just having a good time. And yeah. I was like, he said, where, what are you and Barry doing in this picture? And he showed me on Facebook, and I was like, hey, we're at a Ronnie Millsap concert. And he goes, I wrote a song for Ronnie Millsap once, and I was like, What? Sure enough, dude, he was a songwriter and pulls the song up that he wrote. And I'm like reading the credits and I'm like, Ronnie Millsap. He's like, yeah, he was from Dallas. You know, he's like, he was from Dallas. So he had all these connections back in wow. the day. And yeah. I was like, James, I've known you for 12 years and you've never told me, you know, this. And he's like, yeah, he's never really thought about it. But you talk <laughs> about a man that knows the shit. Mm -hmm. So like I'll have, I've got James going to come in, I believe in February and do a seminar, not just for our guys, but he can, man, he can really work with wrestlers. Yeah. Like say, look, and one of his biggest things is like the, the title of his book, the third man, mm -hmm. that referee is a third man. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Saturday night I had, uh, I had a referee screw up a match that I was involved in that totally could have screwed up five months worth of booking. So these promoters that are just like, Oh, we'll throw one of my kids in there and they're not fully trained or where they need to be. Yeah. Dude. Referee is a very important, important part. I think an announcer is a very important part. I trade yeah. announcers. I trade managers. And guys just think, well, I can show up and do this. I'm like, no, no. you ain't going to do it on my card. Yeah. You need to go learn on one of those one of yeah. those places that's drawing 45 people. That's where you need to cut your teeth. But you ain't ready for the big time yet. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I think that that's – I think if you, if you don't consider yourself the minor leagues, you're not the minor leagues. And yeah. – I think that there's sometimes guys send me stuff. I'm like, hey, I appreciate you sending me this, but you're not ready for us now. You yeah. need to go here, yeah, learn how to do it, then come, you know, fine-tune your stuff. And that gets me a lot of heat with a lot of guys. I'm good with it. 25 yeah. years doing this, I can call my shots. <laughs> yeah. I would tell you, Ryan is a great announcer. Uh, he said he's only been doing it for a short period of time. I mean, I interviewed him a few months back, and he said he's just getting started, but – so good, so great. It seems like he's natural at it. Asshole. Is this trainer an asshole? I just, I'm, I know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he everybody, those that's, everybody that's under you that, is, that I've talked to have nothing but admiration and respect for you. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. I'm telling you the truth. Everybody no, I've had on here. I'm one of the like most down to earth, common sense promoters and yeah. like trainers. Yeah. Uh, if it doesn't make sense, don't do it. But also Ryan had, I've been friends with Ryan for years, like him and Trey, ever since Trey was little, they would yeah. come to TCW when I was a part of TCW, which I think was a company that never got its just due. Yeah. You know, proud number three to, you know, to TNA or yeah. I think at one point it was better than TNA ring of honor. I think it was a number two to, you know, we were in 55 million homes. Yeah, they would come to TV tapings in like Mississippi and stuff, and and they would 
they just, I've known them so long. I would talk to them every show and I was always, they were always just so nice. Yeah. And when Ryan reached out, like, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, I don't know if you know Trey is somebody, I mean, he's an accomplished amateur wrestler. I didn't know that. I've seen him. I've seen him at your shows. That kid, I, I told him, I said, Trey, the day that you turn 18, I'm going to have you a contract before you were 19. Because when you have someone that has God-given athletic talent, yeah, I can put him in there with a 300-pound collegiate wrestler right now, and Trey will have that dude on his back. Man, wow. he's great. And Trey will just come down and just, you know, kind of work out with us and do some amateur wrestling and stuff. Yeah. And But I'm very protective. I want him like, look, number one, school. Number two, you know, number two is academics. Pro wrestling will be there for you later, kid. Right. But Ryan was always wanting to help out. And I was like, hey, man, have you ever thought about doing some announcing? And I was like, because I use some I use some really talented announcers. But me starting off announcing, me doing announcing for other companies, the bar is set very high. Right. You know, I, I want it to be. I'm like, I want you to do this and this and this. And they'll go to indie shows and be like, why? So-and-so doesn't do this and this. And like, you ever see the quality of their show? Do they, exactly. are they trying to hustle this because they're trying to pay for a building that costs $2,500 a night? No, that's why we have to be better. Right. So I, you know, I'm constantly learning like, Ryan, here's the footage from the last show. Yeah. Study this. Yeah. I want you to watch this point. There was awkward silence and little things. And then I'm like, he has a strong, he has a strong, strong back because, yeah. and I'm telling, I'm like, I'm going to be harder on you then I am the guy that maybe messes up in the first match because I'm holding you to a higher standard because you are the host of that show. Yep. And if you're off, that crowd's off. Mm-hmm. And I just, I've always been, I've always thought that an announcer is an underrated um, mm-hmm. position in wrestling, not yep. just because I've had it. Have you ever been to a, you ever been to a show with a horrible announcer? Yep. I sure have. It makes the whole thing feel like a joke, doesn't it? Yeah, it it, it it takes the air out of the out of the room when the announcer uh, struggles or is trying to get in with the crowd, and or he's trying to get himself over instead of the talent or this right. or that. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've I've been to a few of those, and and you feel bad for the guy, but it's kind of like right, you're getting paid to announce. Uh, yeah, so I understand mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so Ryan is you know, Ryan's got a strong work ethic. He does. I, I bombard him with notes. Like when we get our footage, I tell my guys, I'm like, that's part of your, that is the best thing you have you can train. I will sit here with a legal pad and say, you know, your clothesline looked like shit in this match. And then like put a note like (laughs) Ryan, too much dead air between this match and the next match. Because one thing coming from radio is if, if we go silent for five seconds here, you ready? Did the frames, did, did the, did it straight? But if you're flipping channels, yeah, you know, on your radio dial and you're, I know you kids don't understand that. <laughs> if there's five seconds of dead air, are you going to stop on it? No, because you're like, oh, that must be a dead station. Yeah. In radio, you have to constantly keep going. You have to yeah. constantly keep moving. Yeah. So if there's dead air, sometimes it's just awkward. Yeah. So just like that, what I did with you, I'm like, show yeah. you how awkward can this be with 500 people at this crowd? Yeah, you need to be talking from the time that bell rings to the time it's you're getting in the ring saying, hey, are you guys having a good time so far? Don't forget, we're coming back to Springfield on Sunday, no, you know, Sunday, December 18th. 
And then saying your plugs, segue in this, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for your next contest? You know, yeah. we can edit that out, but you need to entertain these people that are here right here, right now. So I set the bar really high for him and he yeah. does his homework. He does really good. Yeah. Um, I think he's, I think he's going to be like great. And he loves it too. Like, yeah, he Ryan, does. yeah. If I say Ryan, Hey, look, we can't get in the venue the night before, like we normally set up. I need you here at 10 a.m. And I mean, him and Trey will be right there helping. They'll be the last ones to leave. And yeah. that's what you want. You want someone that feels pride in um, the the product we're putting on. Yeah. You know, there's been voters, you know, try to use Ryan and like they do use them. And there's been others that he's just like, you know, anybody too. It's um, I tell my guys when I first start sending them out places, you know, and yeah. they're going to go here, they're going to go there. They're going to, some of my students have already worked in seven, eight, nine, ten states, and they're like, I think one of uh, one of the Johnnies said it best a couple weeks ago. He goes, "Wow, you spoiled us." Like, well, you know the production. Like we're spoiled to the production. You know, yeah. we have our music, we have our videos, we have lights, we have smoke, we have an awesome venue. Yeah, and then they show up and they're in some concrete building that has plumbing, outdoor plumbing, and they're coming through a tarp and there's no music and there's yeah. just that the ring's unsafe and looks horrible. It's like, I'm like, well guys, you know, if, just because say if we make a grand on a house, that's not profit. It's all going back in, you know, you're constantly, re, you know, doing buy new canvases for the ring and yeah. buy new lumber and this and that folding chairs get broken. You're replacing this, you're replacing that. And when they get there and they see all that stuff set up, I'm like, oh, man, there's more to just showing up and setting a ring up. You know, there's a lot to this to make it look yeah. like this. But I'm like, guys, we can do it like when I broke in. We can show up and just have a ring, and we can come out of the janitor closet if you want to, because I did that a lot back in yeah. the day. There was yeah. no entrance. There was no fancy stuff. Right. A lot of times you didn't get music. They just said, next match. Yeah. Uh, one of the things when, when I was breaking in as a ring announcer, they handed me a hammer a regular framing hammer. Yeah. They're like, that's for the bell. And I'm like, cool, where's the bell? And they're like, it's the ring post. <laughs> so I mean, it like a card table uh. that was, would sit and hold the microphone to the thing, the tape player, play the music. Yeah. And then when it's time to ring the bell, you take it and go clang, clang, and just hit the <laughs> ring post. Good. But I'm like, little things like that. I'm like, when they yeah. go other and then like hey you don't really realize how good you, you got it but i like yeah. it when guys start going and traveling they're like oh god yeah we do have it pretty good so yeah. when i see the pride in their eyes of getting to set that stuff up like and take an initiative going oh man i wanted i wanted to look at it when i see guys walking by and they're you know the curtains are, and they're fixing the curtains and smoothing them out and all that stuff because they know it's all going to come full circle because it's better atmosphere for the show but they also want that presentation too when yeah. when it's time for your entrance and your 30 seconds for your music to play man you yeah. want to make sure those lights are going that smoke's going and everything's rocking and rolling yeah you know so it's yeah. it's a uh, it's a full circle but i think we all take pride in it oh yeah there's a good sense of belonging to ryan you know and his family and stuff and he's a guy that's definitely put the work in it's definitely going to come full circle for him and yeah. now he's been able to do something that he's wanted to do since his childhood yeah. like we yeah. put him on commentary the last couple of shows just oh, to try okay. it. yeah and he knocked it out of the park like this last dvd i was watching it we got it in saturday or friday yeah. and i was watching it. i was like god dang man i was like ryan is announcing from the commentary table and he's doing commentary and i was like 
that guy, man, you're getting good. And That's like good. little notes. And yeah. I tell guys too, I'm like, if I don't find anything to criticize about you, it's like, don't think I'm done criticizing you because yeah. it'll just make me a little note or a little tweak. Yeah. And he's one of those guys that will read those, put them in his head and be like, oh yeah, we shouldn't say that, you know, and, and move right. forward and he makes it better every time. Yeah. So he's great. Yeah. He's great. Okay. Now let's talk about some upcoming events that uh, you guys are involved with. Uh, I know you guys, you, you work for wrestling for a cause at Oklahoma, your, your events coming up. Let's talk about those. Some give us some events coming up so we can, uh, the fans know what's going on. Sure, man. Um, the next big event I'm taking this week off for Thanksgiving. So I'm, yeah. I'm thankful that the weekend off, I'm trying to make myself start scheduling one weekend off. There you go. Uh, I've got kids that are in high school. You know, yeah. my daughter's a senior. My son's playing football, so I made sure I, – I didn't take a lot of foot, uh, Friday bookings this year because I wanted to see my boys' game, yeah. um, uh, varsity and stuff. So uh, the next big event we have is going to be Saturday, December 3rd. It's in Harrison, Arkansas. It'll okay. be our last event in Harrison for the year. That's one of our places that we run. And if if you're a fan of old-school wrestling, you talk about the feel of the arena, mm -hmm. the black – you know, the single bulb above the ring, the popcorn popping. Yep. Atmosphere. You talk about a well-trained crowd. They, yeah. they love some old school wrestling, man. Yeah. Um, we're going to be there Saturday, December 3rd. Uh, Luke Langley's going to be in action. Gosh, the Johnny's Toxic Masculinity, myself, the Blue Bolt. I've got some new guys coming in from Texas. Uh, golly, man, it's it's a loaded card. And there's going to be some really good talent. You go from there, and we're going to do uh, – I'm trying, to, trying not to get lost. I've got an event coming up for Central States Wrestling where I'll be up there in Kansas City okay. uh, for them on – I can't remember the name of it, but it's like deal with the steel. I don't know which number it is, uh, but it's steel cage match. I think okay. a steel will be there as well, but central States wrestling, another good product to watch when you're in Kansas city. Yeah. Uh, I'll be hosting that night. So that's, I, I enjoy doing that for them. Yeah. A lot of great talent. Um, and then we go back. Oh, then it'll be, we do have some things lined up with Jimmy Hart. Um, the week before, that will be just some personal appearances, some things we're going to do. We're going to do uh, – we'll be in the studio a little bit recording some special some special stuff with uh, Jim with Jimmy Hart. But yeah. Sunday, December 18th, we're going to be back in Springfield, Missouri, WWE legend Jimmy Hart. And I believe we're supposed to finalize this week, but it will be Luke Langley um, and Sam Stackhouse part two. So That's a great that match. Great match. I yeah. think it – match that needs a that definitely needs a, a rematch to it yeah. whether it happens happens when we come back but jimmy hart's going to be there and if you guys have never come out you've met jimmy hart you talk about an honest professional guy yeah. uh any hours in a car with jimmy i spent countless days on the road with jimmy and that guy is a true professional and he's yeah. one guy that i try to model yeah. from the time his plane lands and i pick him up till the time i get him back on the plane yeah. he's going he's hustling we went in to yeah. do those Olympics for dodge city yeah we went into two three radio stations did all the promos he asked for a stack of posters he wanted to walk around downtown and make sure that they knew about the special event that we were doing for them and i'm like yeah dude don't stop and he's 79 years old i was gonna man. say he's he doesn't look as old as he is and he sure don't <laughs> act well, like it at all and jimmy hart you know i'm I, like we're in vegas right you're in vegas yeah. we, we walked down, we want to go get something to eat and uh, we had Jimmy had to go get his White Castle. So we're like walking down and like everybody on Fremont, even though they're not recognizing him all of a sudden, they're like, who is that guy? He's somebody. You know why? He looks like he's somebody. It goes yeah. back to the 
you dress like, you know, you dress like you're somebody, you're somebody. Yeah. Uh, but Jimmy will take every picture. He'll sign every autograph. Yeah. He's so personable with the fans. That's one mm -hmm. reason I like to come in. He'll do every piece of media. He feels like when he's brought in to do a show, he's there to help you sell tickets and to, to do that. So I've really taken that mentality when I go wrestle other places, like what can I do to help out? Yeah. Do you want me to call in? Do you want me to call the radio stations? Do you want me to go do TV? I'll do it. Yeah. They need to come out and, and show this. And I think when you can put, uh, anytime you can put a legend that believes in what Mid-States is doing because mm -hmm. he's just like every time, that yeah. he works with me, works that he's just, you got a good thing going on. These guys are good. He will, he'll work with the guys, give them pointers. Um, we have a similar mindset on the way that promotion and treating the fans need to be done. Yeah. Jimmy Hart will sign every autograph. He'll yeah. take every photo you want to take. And he's just a good guy. He's always so nice to the fans. And that yeah. just means a lot to me. That guy did it all. Yeah. Right. I mean, even there's, yeah. we're, dinner in vegas uh you know like a month or so ago and we're at a diner in binions and it's like phone rings and i, I don't think anything of it and jimmy hulkster baby hey what's going on you know and i'm like god man you're on the phone with hogan like we're in the car going to dodge city kansas and his phone rings and it's you know it's i'm like good god jimmy like pass the phone over let me say hey jimmy's just such a uh, such a great guy to have around he's a good positive atmosphere so yeah bring Springfield's going to be awesome. He's yeah. going to be signing autographs, taking photos. We're doing the whole thing. We're going to do an earlier start on that show. Instead of 7 o'clock, we're going to start it at 6. Okay, There's good. We're going to start it at 6 that way because we know people do have work the next day. Kids yeah. should be out of school for that Christmas holiday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We couldn't get a Saturday date, uh, but we could have got another date, but in a different venue and the the venue I went and looked at it was just like it wasn't it wasn't convenient parking and there wasn't free parking and there wasn't this and like relics has really become our home there it's oh, yeah. a nice one of the cleanest venues you'll ever be in oh yeah yeah loved it free parking it's a nice uh and it's a safe atmosphere there's a lot yeah. of places we go to different towns and you're like I don't think we should have an event here <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah. great area yeah, it is. you know it's it's just it's home we've yeah. got good you know, down to the, where the girls, you know, do the concession stands and everything's yeah. clean. It's nice. Yeah, it's maintained it nice, comfy chairs for the VIP fans. Yeah. You know, like that, that a lot of promoters are like, ah, let's just, there's a freaking, there's level ground. Let's throw a ring up and have a show, you know, yeah. like no. I, uh, but also too, this week on our, on our, we, uh, not our website, but just our social media, we, during COVID, we did a couple of fundraisers where we're going to do some silent auction items and even okay. down to a lot we haven't finalized if we're going to do a live auction on um black friday black saturday whatever it is that weekend okay. we're going to do the hopefully today or uh today when this drops it should be so go on facebook to msw wrestling mid-stage wrestling just i think it's at mid-stage wrestling we will announce it. we'll have some silent auction items you can bid on stuff like that is what keeps us from raising ticket prices for yeah. inflation I, you bought thanksgiving dinner for your family yet but I went and just grabbed a handful of things to cook this one that we did Sunday. And it was like 160 bucks for Thanksgiving dinner. You know, it was like turkeys doubled in price. You know, oh, yeah. it's terrible. Milk $7 and 80 cents. And I'm like, what, what bizarro world are we living in right now? Yeah. But we keep our tickets always like a family friendly down to the price, 15 yeah. bucks and yeah. a movie's get you back 12 or 13. Yeah. So I oh. think 15 bucks is a reasonable price for the amount of entertainment we give them. So we're going to, 
continue that price point. So get online, get those tickets, mswtickets.com. But we're going to do a couple silent auction item deals. Those help us keep those costs down. Those yeah. help us buy new, you know, ring skirts when we need ring skirts. Yeah. Buy new, buy new that. It helps us pay our bills on our in our gym that where we train guys and yeah. everything else. So uh, if you guys, and we're going to have some cool stuff because I'm looking in the back that you got some cool memorabilia. Love that Nature Boy that's right there. Yeah. Has yeah. some collectors, some old school 80s magazines on there. We've got a lot of autograph uh, items that are going to go. Some T-shirts, some all kinds of collectibles. Whether you like the new stuff that's on TV, we're going to have some of that. But we're going to have some old school stuff. We're going to cool. have some really, really, really good stuff. Some really cool MSW stuff, too. Yeah. Not just, but we'll have some old WWF stuff, some old NWA stuff. A little bit of everything on there. Yeah. And it'll just be on there. It'll be silent auction style. So right. we may have something that's a magazine. I'm like, hey, man, I want to buy that. Yep. Boom, when the shipping reasonable, we'll ship it out to you next week. But if anybody gets a chance, come to those live events. Yeah. If you can't make those live events, and like, hey, I've got a family that comes every time. They're actually doing their Thanksgiving that Saturday, December 3rd. Okay. Uh, it's, only, it's the only date we could get for Harrison. So yeah. they are going to order the DVD. We have a DVD available for there every event. Pre-order those. So you missed yeah. the one in Springfield two weeks ago. Shame on you for missing that. As my buddy Dax says, shame on you. Uh, hell of an event. It was. A- yeah. Uh, match between Luke Lincoln from top to bottom. Yeah. Bonus features. Yeah. 20 bucks. We ship it to your house, man. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, that's pretty good. That's Worth. a pretty good on there. Check that out. Yeah. That shirt, that shirt you got on, that 25th anniversary shirt, yeah. you can buy that and so much more, like, on yeah. our website. Our shipping is really, really cheap. We're doing a Black Friday deal. Anything you that you buy on the website through Black Friday weekend, any item ships for $2.85. Oh. And I don't know if you've shipped anything lately. That shirt's <laughs> going to cost 7 bucks to ship. So yeah. that's our account to the fans this week. Well, thank you. And, hey, guys, I'm telling you, I'm not just saying this because Jason's on here. They put on a fantastic show. I've been to quite a few of them here in the last year and always top-notch, professional, courteous, and I recommend it if you're in Harrison or near Harrison or Springfield or some of the central states up in Kansas City or wrestling for a cause. In wrestling for a cause in Oklahoma, you'll see not just myself, but Blue Bolt, uh, the Johnnies. You'll see a lot of mid-state talent yeah. over there. Gary Graham just is, is over there. And, I mean, it's a great, great organization. Yeah. Um, and we do some really, really good fundraisers for some yeah. great, great families over yeah. there. So, I'm uh, Tim Rockwell, they do such a good yeah. job over there. And I'm like, Tim Rockwell and I have feuded, but I have, we also hold each other in a mutual respect for right. the type of events that we run. And I think yeah. that they have a really, really, really good product. Yeah. Not just that, but there's, you'll see Mid-States guys on other products. Herb Simmons runs a great product up in Illinois. So Illinois. I, I mean, Herb is a great guy. Herb and I talk on the phone all the time. We have, you know, mutual talent that we use. I go up there and work for him when I can yeah. and, he sends talent down our way. And there, yep. there's a lot of great organizations out there yeah. and they're all using great talent. So man, 2023 is going to be big, but we're going to close it out in 2022 with a bang. And I just, yep. two big shows, one at, you know, in December, one in Harrison, one yep. in Springfield and Jimmy Hart closes out the year again. He closed out go. the year. And the, the house was, the house was, we ran out of chairs last year. So we, I was there. Go. I was there. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. To live a childhood dream of, of Jimmy Hart standing in my corner and managing me. Yeah. That was really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, the fans were 
nothing but receptive of him. I mean, I, I watched him stay behind and take so many photos with families and he was just proud to be there. We went around and did the media and he's so awesome. If you get a chance, tell him, you know, he'll love to strike up a conversation with you. He loves wrestling as much as you love being there. So come out and meet Jimmy Hart. I think you'll, I think you'll love it. He'll probably give you a story that you'll tell for many years. Yeah. Great guy. I've met him. Uh, very, very personable, no doubt. Uh, Jason Jones, Space Cowboy, hardest working man in professional wrestling. Thank I you. Too. All that stuff, all that information, I will have posted in our description. It'll be dropping Wednesday, the 23rd of November. So awesome. everybody can get on there for Black Friday and get all their press. Folks, get out there and support these guys. It is an awesome show. Jason is a great guy. All those wrestlers, like I said, they'll talk to you. They're going to beg you for money. They're not going to tell you to buy my shirt. Go out right. to those shows. Enjoy it. Support those local independent wrestling promotions. Jason, thanks again for coming on, my friend. I really appreciate it. And anytime. I'm sorry I talk too much. I love no, it. No, it's great. Great, great content. Who does their homework and they actually like respect professional wrestling because at the end of the day, to me, and I know to you, Mm-hmm. It's not sports entertainment. No. It's professional wrestling. That's so right. thank you for doing what you do, man. I appreciate thank you. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. Folks, if you're watching, thank you. If you're listening, thank you. If you haven't subscribed, please do so, and we will talk to you soon. There he is, Space Cowboy. Ah!